Hey, it's Nick. For the last few years, my friend Justin has been working on Shards of the Aegis, a super fun Greek mythology-inspired card game, and it's finally ready to launch on Kickstarter. If you like fast-paced party games, this might be for you. The artwork alone is well worth a look. If you're at all interested, please check the link in the description. I'd really appreciate it. Hi, it's Nico. I don't know why I always say that like I'm leaving a message on an answering machine in 1995. I think by now you know it's me, but yes, it is indeed Nico. I have returned from the great white north, Toronto, Canada, and the Toronto International Film Festival. I am home safe and sound along with Adam Hall and Nick Evangelista. We are back from an incredible trip of which you can hear all about this week on the Movie Hall of Fame. Quick little public service announcement. I know it's been about a month since the last Why Is This a Thing podcast. If you're a longtime listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've sussed out by now that these episodes take a lot longer in the edit than they once did. And that is because I now edit these podcasts in a way that I did not do, say, four years ago. So this podcast has become incredibly labor intensive for me. Not complaining not whining. This is a first world problem. I enjoy doing it. Obviously, I enjoy putting out the highest quality episode I can every week. Sometimes that has led to some delays in the edit, and that was certainly the case this past month as I had two different Bachelor weekends that I went on uh, as I mourned Aaron Rodgers and his injury in the first four plays of (laughs) his opening game. It's been a tough month, so that is why the last two installments of Redux August are airing in September and not in August. But take comfort, dear listener, I guess, in the fact that we were planning on taking the month of September off anyway. And you might hear references to that in the next few episodes, the hiatus that we were about to take. We just front-loaded that hiatus without warning instead of warning you. So rest easy. <laughs> Next two weeks, we'll have Why Is This A Thing episodes in your feeds, and then we will be back on time for the beginning of the October Spooktacular, talking about horror movies all month long. That's it for housekeeping. Let's get to the show. Watch out. Need me to call a doctor? Come on, Jack. You're gonna like this. What's going on? What the hell are you doing here? I'm gonna play good cop, bad cop? Nah, Daniels. Bad cop, Robocop. Uh, okay. Robocop! Yeah! This is one that we've had on the list that doesn't exist for a long-ass time, Nick. Mm-hmm. RoboCop v. RoboCop, Dawn of Justice. That's right. Comparing the 1987 <laughs> RoboCop to the 2014 RoboCop. I guess Dawn of Justice does fit. This is part of our Redux August series where we compare original movies to their remakes. My viewing experience was very weird for this, I just want to tell you, because I went to my parents' house for the week. Last week, we had some weddings and such. My little sibling wanted to watch a movie with me, and I was like, well, I got to watch a movie for the pod. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so I pull up RoboCop, and I said, which one do you want to watch? Do you want to watch the old one or the new one? 
and my dad's there too. And he goes, let's watch the new one. I've seen the old one before. So I watched the new one first uh-huh. and then I came home and I watched the old one and then I rewatched the new one because there was a screaming child the entire time. Okay. So I needed to rewatch it. So I've seen the new one now twice as much as I've seen the original. <laughs> All right. But you didn't want to expose your younger sibling to Ed 209 and the abundance of squibs and uh, yeah. <laughs> give the guy a hand. Yeah. I didn't know what I would be exposing him to. Well, I was worried. You, you hear the title, oh, RoboCop. You want to watch RoboCop, kiddo? And then you get- He's a robot and a cop. Yeah. And then you see the most horrific violence <laughs> ever put to screen. Yeah, borderline X rating. I mean, they made a couple cuts to just sneak it under into the R. But Yeah. Yeah. But the good old days of the Rob Bottin squibs. Oh, it's so delightful. This and Total Recall, just, man, movies just were so good at this point in time, and I miss it so goddamn much. And of course I rewatched it. I've seen this movie, I don't know, 300 times, Mm. Uh, but of course I watched it again. (laughs) The numbers you throw out there. I love the original movie more than anything. Adam, I love my wife and I haven't seen her 300 times. <laughs> <It's crazy. laughs> I have maybe seen RoboCop more than I've seen Abby in mine. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. I have literally thrown this movie on, finished it, and I'm like, you know what I want to do, guys? <laughs> Let's watch it again. <laughs> Why am I not watching RoboCop at all times? I have watched it twice in a row. Why am I not spending my <laughs> life watching RoboCop every waking minute of the day? Not not because I thought I missed something. I'm just like, I just want to watch it again. Because what better thing is there to do? There isn't much else. Watch RoboCop again. This movie's fucking amazing, bro. This is a f- f- <laughs> it is such a good fucking time. Especially watching the new one first. And then going and being like... Oh, this is what they were trying to do. This is what Why they were they going to try. Right, right. Why right, did right, they even right. try? <laughs> Listen, I have my feelings on, on that remake. I'm not going to be as irritable about it as I'm sure you guys are. Not to say I think it's better than the original at all. At all, at all, at all, at all. But on, on the point of the first movie, it's just like a perfect movie. I mean, mean, mean. Hour, what is it? Hour 40. 40 fuck. with credits? Really smart. It's both fun and fucking hilarious. It's so funny. Genuinely funny. I just love a movie like this that just doesn't care, that just has the audacity to be this weird and this biting, but while also being a really solid action film at the same time. I just have no notes. The reason I watch it so often is just because it, it just never gets old. It's just this thing that works. It always just makes my night when I throw it on. I, ugh. Yeah, the the expression they don't make them like they used to is worn out. But Paul Verhoeven movies generally fit that label. Yep. Because we really don't make Paul Verhoevens anymore. Like no. smart, satirical genre filmmakers that are unsentimental about their stories and about their <laughs> worlds and about their characters. But you know, when you're making a remake, the question is always like, what are you bringing to the material? Like, what are you updating here? Besides just like newer special effects, newer technology, like how are you adapting this story for modern sensibilities? How are you maybe changing the way the story is told? Whatever. And like the strength of your sequel is ultimately going to depend on if you can answer that question in a thoughtful way or not. And like it's a different movie that remake. Certainly it's very different. It does like try something radically different, but. I don't know. I, I just feel like it's what if RoboCop was nice. 
You know, what if we made RoboCop except everybody gave each other hugs? Yeah. And there was more crying. But it's also like, but also it takes place today. Sure. I mean, that's a given, right? As like an updated version, like it's going to look sleeker. It's going to like, there's going to be more fancy CGI, whatever. But at its core, like, it's just like, what if RoboCop was nice? And I have no fucking interest in RoboCop being nice. I'm sorry. No. I don't give a flying fuck about a teary-eyed RoboCop that loves his family. Yeah, it's. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the family aspect of this movie, too, because this movie really does try to... It spends way too much time with his family, and that was one of the first things I noticed. Part of the weird problem about it is that the scene before they introduce his family, they talk about, like, the perfect specimen for our RoboCop has to be unemotional. And then they immediately cut to a scene with his family. Right. Yeah. That scene like both falls flat and seems to spit in the face of the movie's own premise. Which is something, by the way, the original movie also does. Like they acknowledge that our specimen needs to be unemotional, but then they pick Peter Weller out of a lineup without really showing you much about his family other than the stuff that's in flashbacks. And then when he's, you know, on the job with Nancy Allen in the first 20 minutes of the movie, he's kind of a dick. He's a charming dick, though. He's incredibly charismatic. There's never a point in that original where I'm not very entertained by what Peter Weller is doing, who I actually think is very, very good. It's amazing. That movie. That movie. Amazing. Yes, extremely good. I wouldn't call him a dick, he's, but he's, he's definitely a little overconfident. Like, I always drive when breaking in a new partner and stuff like that, you right. know, and twirling the gun. Right. Um, but there is a an attempt purposely not to humanize him too much. And that is part of the point of the movie. You know, well, in a way, it does humanize him eventually. Is the, the whole point by the end of it is that, like, despite right. the once he becomes Frankenstein's yes, monster, exactly. they do that, but they don't front load that shit. They don't front load it, but they make him a relatable individual. He's not a total like shithead, is what I'm saying. Yeah, you know. And he, the funny thing is, we're talking about the family stuff in it, and the first movie does do the family stuff, but just in a radically different way. Right. That is just traumatizing like those yes. scenes where he's contemplating what his life was and trying to recall those memories is really upsetting right but i love i love 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 that they don't try to go back to the family mm-hmm. it's just a tragedy that befell this guy when he was just in the line of duty it's in it's gone mm-hmm. you can't deal with it anymore there's that great shot that's like the pull away i don't know how they got that shot where they're waving goodbye where they're waving goodbye on the front yard and the camera pans away quickly and you juxtapose that dream sequence with the dream sequence in the new movie where they're just like at a barbecue and they're dancing Frank Sinatra's playing yeah and it's just like god one of these scenes has so much juice and the other one is just fucking has no bite you know no that new one is very much like a sort of modern kind of studio minded remake it was started out as an r-rated movie that what happened was the budget started to balloon and the studio at first they're like no 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 make your r-rated movie but when it started going over budget they're like oh shit we gotta recoup our losses here so they were keeping a really close eye on like jose is that his name jose padilla uh yes yep it was a a lot of security on the guy to make sure that he wasn't making it more violent than it should have been and needed to fit the pg-13 boundaries which is really ironic that um, you know you get a movie that's the original is so like fiercely against the corporate mindset to see a robocop movie sort of neutered is like what fucking movie do you think you're remaking exactly like you're remaking robocop like like it's a really like subversive sharp stick movie that original also like about the studio system very much so yeah you know not just about like you know reagan era economics and like the military industrial complex but also yeah about smothering studio systems and yeah yeah absolutely absolutely now i guess i'll say this i don't like a, a safe robocop movie on principle the movie itself though the remake is 
I don't know. It's bad. It's not bad. It's even worse because of the people that are cast in it and how wasted and tarnished they are as a result of being a part of this film. A bunch of movie stars. Gary Oldman, Michael Keaton, Sam Jackson, right? Juxtapose that with Ronnie Cox, Miguel (laughs) Ferrer, Ray Wise, Kurtwood Smith. Just a bunch of great fucking character actors that had been confined to B-movies for the entireties of their careers that just get a chance to elevate what would normally be kind of B-movie material. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a movie that needs faces like Peter Weller, not faces like Joel Kinnaman. You know, like this is the kind of rough around the edges, grimy, dirty, futuristic story that doesn't need fucking Sam Jackson doing snakes on a plane bullshit. You're right, Nick. Everything about it is just too glossy, too expensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have it's just too modern. For the Sam Jackson parts, by the way, it, it's just such a shame that this movie came out, uh, what, one year too early to do the Alex Jones thing that they really should have done. In retrospect, like, <laughs> well, that's the thing about the movie that I don't mind because, well, I find the movie to be painfully mediocre. I don't know. There's an element of bite in retrospect. Like there is a certain currentness to the remake that is there. No, I feel I was about to say that I think the remake immediately became dated, like the moment it came out because of the reactionary politics. You mean? Yeah, yeah. The remake feels like it's set in like the mid 2000s to me in like the Bush era still. It's like not caught up with the times. I I get you. I mean, like, put it this way. It definitely feels more like a Bill O'Reilly stand-in than a Tucker Carlson stand-in. Yeah, if it had come out just a couple years later, it would have been radically different. Just those new sections. Well, there is a strong, like, political bent to this movie. Like, more so than even that original, which is more pointed directly at, like, corporate America. Whereas right. this one is more specifically political in the way, like, even mm-hmm. the corporation itself uses their products and uses their image. How, like, it's all about Alex Murphy and everything, but how do we make him into a, a hero? How can we make him into a hero so that it benefits our needs? And it's right. still deeply cynical but the problem is you have that backing of like the studio okayed cynicism which always right that never rubs me the right way so i I don't like that yeah listen the ideas are all there and the ideas are given like overt dialogue yeah (laughs) but that doesn't make the movie like more biting as a piece of satire i'm not saying it is you know the old (laughs) one still feels through storytelling feels more like relevant to our political moment today than that one does even though they came out 30 years apart yeah well that's the problem with doing a remake of robocop in general is that like the original one is still about today so it's like right. what's the even point? though that one is still about like reaganomics too and like yeah, that's sure. definitely an 80s movie like there is still like a universality to it yeah. because it works as a fucking badass sci-fi movie yeah exactly you know um i guess the reason i'm not so resentful towards it is because i've seen the other robocop movies i have not seen two and three it's every bit as good as two really (laughs) and that's i mean two is i like two more but if you were to ask me like to quantify the merits of both they come out pretty much neck and neck it's a shit ton better than three let me tell you now who did two irvin kershner yeah irvin kershner and written by frank miller which is a very weird thing. What? Yeah, Frank Decker of Monster Squad made the third movie. Made that, three. That movie's a piece of shit. Wow. It's better than the TV series. Uh, it's weird to say, but the remake is one of the best RoboCop things that you have, aside from the first movie. Irvin Kershner making a fucking RoboCop movie written by Frank Miller, though, sounds badass. His last movie. 
Right. It's weird because the second movie is a hard R movie, but it almost feels like kid friendly by comparison. Interesting. It feels like the cartoon version of that original, even though that original is pretty broad in its satire. Yeah. That is a dumber, more like, like dunderheaded blunt version of the first movie. It's if you wanted a more kid friendly version of what the first movie is, that still kind of emulates the style and feel you get Robocop too, but I'm not sure it's like, that much better than the remake to be honest with you but also we don't need more robocop things like the original strikes me very much as like a singular point in time moment kind of film it's a lightning in a bottle movie yes right well but also just like even the plot itself of the movie is a lightning in the bottle situation that like need not be expanded on not a second is wasted at the top and then it just ends when it ends and the movie is done and verhoven is off to make total recall yeah at no point when the movie was done was i like oh but what happens next like i don't care well it's just such a definitive (laughs) statement that it makes at the end of that movie too it's a beautiful way to cap off your just excellent little bit of screenwriting yeah it doesn't overstay it's well fired yeah it's that great like elegantly simple idea that just is communicated beautifully but the funny thing is the second movie just recycles it that's all it does. Yeah. You know, and it is weird. Like the movie was a success, but it's not the movie I see like you building a gigantic franchise out. No, of. it is. Yeah. Like almost overtly. Um, Unfranchisable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is right. Yeah. That is the word I would use. The word I would invent. Yes. Unfranchisable. No, it, like, yeah. I, I, you can tell like Verhoeven is definitely skeptical of like sequel culture and the franchiseification and also in general like kind of the clear-eyed optimism of 80s action heroes and the optimism unfortunately of the remake which is the the, that was the thing that really bothered me i think because while i was like all right well it's holding on to some of that cynicism you know in heavy quotations but it, yeah it comes out with like him hugging his family at the end and then it has a happy yeah has a happy ending exactly right all right yeah right it's like that movie's almost more 80s than this one yes, is strangely. in terms of sensibility, yeah. you know? Yeah. The original is just like bitter and uh, like Robocop is an anti-hero, but Verhoeven is kind of ambivalent about him, mm-hmm. the character. You know, Alex Murphy is an okay enough guy, a by-the-book cop. Yeah. That, you know, becomes a killing machine that can be used for good or evil depending on what direction you point him in. But that's in stark opposition to like, you know, Dirty Harry and Indiana Jones and the other like iconic 80s action stars, you know? I am glad this remake was made, though, for one reason. Yes. That explosion was fucking hilarious. The car explosion. The car explosion. Oh. <laughs> I paused, rewound, and rewatched that explosion, I think, half a dozen times. The movie does that for you, too. The movie it plays does it a lot. Quite a bit, yeah. yeah. He's trying to solve his murder. And I laughed every fucking time at his ragdoll ass body flying to the left. It kills me. It's so bad. It is so funny. It's so <laughs> fucking bad, dude. <laughs> And again, that crime, compare that to the original where give him a hand. Compared to that, yeah, his death. Fucking horrifying in the original. (laughs) 
just like his body is just in a million pieces and it's like a shotgun can do that. I, I genuinely want to ask Dick, what was your reaction to the way this movie was going to handle violence, the original? <laughs> well, especially after watching the remake first and then I see how he dies in the original and I'm like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> Changed my life when I saw that. Oh my God. They put the guy like on his knees, they shoot his hand off. It's like a crazy bloody like stump. It is one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen. I know. And they shoot him right in the fucking face and just walk away, leave him in the dirt. And just the performances. Like, this is the other thing I, I have to really point out is that the performances all around, not just with Peter Weller, but everyone is fucking excellent in that movie. Kurtwood Smith is extraordinary. Unbelievable in this. Bitches leave. Oh, the best. Bitches leave. It's an underrated leave. line. I love it. That's a great I fucking line. I love it. Oh, man. <laughs> but like, the Tigers are playing tonight. I got the muscle to shove enough of this factory so far up your stupid wop ass that you'll shit snow for a year. Frankie, blow this cocksucker's head off. Ooh, guns, guns, guns. Come on, Sal. Tigers are playing tonight. I never miss a game. The casual nature of which he shoots Alex in the head. Just, okay, fun's over. Fun's over. <laughs> and it's so, like, loud and ugly and just shocking. It really is. Yeah, man. I can just, you fly, Bobby? Can you fly, Bobby? <laughs> you you burnt the fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> Did he really not do anything besides that 70s show after this? I see him like as a little character actor. Yeah, he was in plenty of movies. A lot of villain roles. It's so weird. He was on like 200 episodes of that 70s show. He loved him in that show. But I just love that he's such like a nerd in this. You know, like, the way <laughs> what, that they stylize he's wearing, him. He's wearing glasses. Well, also, he kind of talks funny, you know, like he's intimidating in a different way than most like heavies. Yeah, he feels like a computer technician like went rogue right yeah i kind of see that yeah right and it's kind of like this futuristic like yeah in the future crime syndicates are run by guys like this yeah you know and then you got like ray wise you got fucking you know laura palmer's dad that caught me off guard he's was like incredible. we got a we got a bit of a twin peaks reunion here right miguel ferrer miguel yeah. ferrer who's also incredible in this movie oh my god bob fucking norton just oh man the applause that he gives in the boardroom when he's like applauded that we need a militarized yes. police force, or whatever. And he starts clapping and nobody joins him <laughs> and he just keeps clapping through it. He's so good. Like he's just shameless. He's just going to continue clapping. It's a great touch. It's one of those movies I just love because it must have been really, really, really hard to sell everyone on the movie mm. to get th this many people on board to do a movie called fucking RoboCop. And that's why Verhoeven didn't want to do the script initially. He yeah. read the name RoboCop. And yeah. I think his wife actually talks him into doing it. After she read, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think it's interesting that the studio wanted Arnold for this part and they weren't able to get him. And I think Verhoeven wanted Rutger Hauer, I think. That was his initial choice. Okay. Which I think would have been pretty good. Yeah. But they were only able to get Peter Weller. I think if it's Arnold, it's just a cheap Terminator imitation. And it's like, this is the movie he made after Terminator. That's not as good. That would suck. Because I still think the movie would be very good, but you wouldn't be able to kind of escape the Terminator shadow. And that's the right. unfortunate thing. Yeah. And that is the thing. Like, this movie is drastically different, also yeah. tonally, from Terminator. Yeah, that's so far off. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, the new one is kind of RoboCop by way of James Cameron, just not in a 
good way. Whereas it's yeah. a lot like RoboCop too, though, guys, it even yeah. follows like a lot of the same like ideas, like from the political standpoint, it's very similar. Yeah. Honestly, that remake borrows a lot more from RoboCop two than it does RoboCop one. Yeah. <laughs> Was there anybody in the new movie that you liked? I like Joel Kinnaman fine. He's fine. He's perfectly fine. Doesn't have the jaw. No, he does not. I mean, I like Gary Oldman. I just question why that character needed to be in the movie. That's right. Mm -hmm. Like, I think his performance is fine. I think he's doing his job. I just don't think that role made sense. Yeah, the new movie kind of updates it as a more overt Frankenstein story. Yeah. Even though that's all in the original, but... The new one is about the doctor that creates him and sort of his regret and how he navigates the political landscape in terms of, you know, how much emotion do I give this guy? You know, who exactly is pulling the trigger? It's weird to have somebody sitting there regretting the choice to make the RoboCop because that is so absent in the original. In the original. That's right. Well, that's why it's a different movie, guys. It's not, I don't mind that. So it's okay to have like a scientist regretting their creation. I almost say that should be the whole movie. Like don't personify RoboCop at all. Let the whole movie just be like RoboCop's in the background doing his shit. That's an interesting take. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein versus whatever cinematic adaptations of Frankenstein, right? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. literally make it a Frankenstein adaptation. Yeah, put just, it in yeah. the head of the Doctor, and you're right. That's actually a pretty sick idea, doing RoboCop, but it's just Frank, the story of Frankenstein. Right. That's pretty sick. You see the on the news all the like the, the random little bits of like havoc that this guy has unleashed upon the world just by being a stupid machine, just busting into shit, which is what the original one does so fucking well. Right. The first scene where he goes out to take out these criminals is both like the most badass shit and the most hilarious thing I've just ever seen. Right. And also everyone that watches all the bystanders, although they're saved, they're kind of scarred by what's happened. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you didn't have to throw them that far across the room. You know, <laughs> you didn't have to shoot them in the dick. Right. You didn't have to do that. Ooh. I love that. He shoots between the girl's skirt. It's amazing. But again, the, the unsentimentality that falls, ma'am, you have suffered an emotional shock. I will notify a rape crisis center. It's right? just such a good joke. It's fucking wicked. But <laughs> Yeah, no, but like, so if the new one wants to go there, like, yeah, make RoboCop a menace. But instead, they make him a cool guy with a family. And they make Gary Oldman mostly ambivalent. You know, he's yeah, his- kind of on RoboCop's side by the end. But he's a willing participant for the most part. He wants funding for his research. That was my biggest problem with the movies. Like, I was very unclear for the entirety of the movie where his allegiances were. Sometimes it seemed like he really wanted to protect Alex. And other times I'm like, you're really, like, crumbling to Michael Keaton here. I mean, I don't. I, what, what are you doing? Mm. So that was getting kind of frustrating. And, and it all, often seemed out of character for the guy. So that was kind of annoying. And Michael Keaton wasn't persuasive enough for it to be convincing. He's good, though, in the movie. I don't mind Michael Keaton. No, he's fun, but I'm just saying, like, his character isn't, like, this, like, mastermind who can, like, trick your emotions and pull you. I think one of the interesting things about the original, too, is, uh, although it is definitely Alex Murphy's movie, most of the drama is happening in boardrooms. You know, most of it is, like, the guys, you know, at the desk making all the decisions while real people are suffering in the real world. And just none of that interpersonal drama exists in the new one. Yeah, you're right that Michael Keaton is not really a formidable foe to anyone. Although he's fun in the movie. He's hamming it up. He's having a good time. No, he's a good time. I love Michael Keaton and he's doing the Michael Keaton thing and it's great. Right. right. I also wrote the word ambivalent in my notes here because 
the only sort of clashes we see in that political level are the company versus the senator. In the original, the issue was that the robots weren't quite good enough, and that's why they needed to put a person in the suit. Mm -hmm. In this one, it's literally... There's a law in the U.S. that restricts robots from being police. So they come up with RoboCop as a loophole to get around it. Right. But what's weird about this is that the movie seems ambivalent about who is the good guy in this political struggle. Because even though Dreyfus, with this Dreyfus Act to prevent robots from being the law enforcement in the country, they even treat him as like, eh, he's not really that good either. Nobody's really right. He's an empty suit. Yeah, he's got no charisma. He's right. He Yeah, this movie is grappling with a real moral question of like, who is responsible if the trigger is pulled on the wrong person, which is a great question. That's one of the things I it's do a like great about question. Yeah. It's a little puff puff pass dorm room philosophy. You though. just don't like that's it. No, it's a good question. It's <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's a little I mean, haven't we all had this debate? And, you know, sure. Know. It's, but, it's but fine. This it's movie okay. Is it's so right. ambivalent to that answer. It doesn't care. That's right. Maybe that's what it is more than it is. Yeah. Else. Yeah. 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 Because I think it's definitely on Dreyfus's side, particularly when you're getting to like the newsroom sequences with Sam Jackson and how he just like cuts him off. Look, this uh, sea change we're witnessing, and it is a sea change, shows that Americans don't really care if our law enforcement systems are manned or unmanned. What they care about is efficiency, and they care about safety. You're clouding the issue. This is clearly an attempt to sway public opinion with a no, marketing What's stuff. clear is that with just one system in place, we've cut crime by 80%. Just imagine if we put, I don't know, let's say 100 systems in place. And then I want you to ask yourself, why are you holding us back? Is that your thank plan? Thank you, Senator, and thank you, Raymond. Thank you, Pat. Well, there you have it. Who could argue with that? Which begs the question, has the U.S. Senate become pro-crime? I agree I'm on Dreyfus's side, but then at the same time, when they're in the congress and they're testifying i was kind of like yeah no, they got good points about these robots though <laughs> the sam jackson scenes are so cringe too it's they're like, horrible <sighs> again i admire the intentionality but the execution of those scenes is just kind of lame if you're gonna do the gimmick do it right they yeah. borrow this plot structure by the way from the original movie the original movie opens up with news footage mm -hmm. but they actually use real life newscasters and they write that script as though it is news copy and it is very although like it's absurd a lot of the stories are like yeah oh a bunch of ex-presidents were just killed by a space laser it is delivered in this very matter-of-fact way that like <laughs> says something about line. the dystopia without like explicitly calling attention to it. I love that they're like a laser misfired on Earth, killing 100 people, including three former presidents, and then they don't name the presidents. But but I love the, <laughs> that the movie trusts you to pick up on that. It doesn't really wink at you just saying, like, you should trust us that this is satirical just by how fucking absurd the story is. Right. But we're going to, like, Play it straight. Take the presentation completely serious. Yeah. Right. And and the other brilliant thing is they include commercials. Yeah. The Newcom Newcom is the best. It's great. Red alert. Red alert. Red alert. You crossed my line of debt. You haven't dismantled your MX stockpile. Pakistan is threatening my border. That's it, Buster. No more military aid. <laughs> Newcom. Get them before they get you. Another quality home game from Butler Brothers. 
It's like that is an element that should get better in the remake. You know what I mean? Like you should go even further with the satire there. And instead they just put Sam Jackson in front of a fucking green screen. Yes, it's... it's they put him in the Space Jam algorithm. And what was he on set for like a day of shooting? Yeah, probably. You know, like it's fucking nonsense. Yeah, it's RoboCop for fucking little kids. You know, that's, right. that's what it is. And it works in that umbrella. I just, you know, like I keep saying this, guys. The movie is fine if you've never seen the original. I think if you have no idea what that original one is, you can watch this movie and just enjoy like the dumb sci-fi action that has, I don't know, some salient questions here and there. But like, yeah, I understand like if you have any any knowledge, like even tertiary knowledge of that original movie, then yeah, it gets to be a harder pill to swallow. I, I think you're really underselling how bad this movie is. I think it's all, like, pretty fucking tacky. That's not true. Just, like, visually speaking. Well, it is really fucking tacky, bro. No, I think some of the action sequences are fine. It's all kind of fine, guys. Like, I'm not coming down on it too, too hard. It's very, I keep saying, it's just, it's mediocre. It's very, very down the middle. It's got some great stuff here and there. I mean, the, the scene like, where, well, the scene where he reveals how much is actually left of Alex Murphy is genuinely one, I of, love the, that scene. one of the best scenes in the that. entire series of robocop movies period if it didn't look so horrible maybe i don't even think it looks that bad to be honest with you it's clearly like kind of bad special effects but like it still has the impact it's trying to have it is pretty startling i really can't deny it it's that one scene is almost better than the entirety of robocop 2 okay i guess i guess that's okay but like i don't know i watched the original and when his body is getting torn to shreds via shotgun like that hits me a lot harder because it's done practically and I like feel the weight of it. And the practical effects in the original are so good. Again, it's Rob Bottin that like the height of his game. It's Yo, amazing. The stop motion of Ed 209. Yeah, I'm sure great. we've said this now a thousand times on a podcast, but like it's one of my favorite creations in all of movies. Ed 209. Yeah, like, that, that Phil Tippett, man. It's incredible. Like when Ed 209 is walking down the stairs and like he's tripping over his legs like a fucking chicken. I mean, he looks like a chicken. I just love that the machine sucks. It's like this badass machine, but it kind of sucks ass. Yeah, I can't walk down the stairs. (laughs) Like, it doesn't know what to do. Like, what are these things? (laughs) It's the best. But also, he looks, like, really creepy and unhinged when he, like, it's like horror movie shit. Yeah. And then when they fight at the end, it's, like, this really tactile, awesome thing. And then in this one, it's, like, they do this weird CGI one-er with, like, a steady cam effect of... RoboCop fighting two Ed 209s at once, and I'm not scared of either of them. Mm-hmm. It's like, what if we put two Ed 209s in the new movie? And it's like, all right, well. I don't think it's even as interesting, the Ed 209 sequences of it. Of at it all. all. That's the thing. It's They're more like like mild obstacles in, in the new one, whereas the first one is like a boss fight, you know? But right. uh, it's a little bit different intentionality. But, you know, again, I had to sort of adjust the way I was thinking about it sometimes because the original really underlines the moment where he is being built into RoboCop, which is a great oh, it's sequence. Amazing. It's another example of Verhoeven committing to the bit. Mm-hmm. Same with the news footage. It's like we're going to stick in this guy's point of view and we're going to show him sitting there through New Year's Eve. And, you know, the Parker Posey looking lady is going to kiss him. You know, it's as he's still kind of knocked out. Yeah. And, you know, when he first gets up and is greeted by this adoring crowd, you kind of see the reflection of him in a TV monitor. You get like a quick glimpse of him and it stays in his point of view. And it's so effective. It's so. And in this one, it's like, I don't know, put him in a fucking algorithm looking CGI thing. And uh, one's just so generic. 
I don't know. It doesn't draw as much attention to the fact that he's changed into a robot. It's kind of pulling from this idea that he's just like an amputee and stuff like that. Like it's hyper sentimental. And that's the big problem is that it's not a story that really warrants that kind of thing, especially when it's trying to be really cynical still and failing because it's still a little too cute. Yeah. Jay Baruchel is also in the new movie. That was one of those, like, what are you doing here? What is going on here? I do. Doing like weird bits where like he's flipping through a bunch of slides of amputees. I kind of like that scene. You do? It's, it's, it's fucking cruel. It's so mean. It's actually one of my favorite scenes of the movie because of how closely it relates to like the original. They're just being like, yeah, this fucking useless amputee. Sergeant Thomas Fry, NYPD, paralyzed from the waist down. He has let himself go a little since the accident. Pass. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Officer Alfred Miller, Denver, severe cerebellar. Cerebellar attacks you. That's why you're the doctor, doctor. He scored through the roof with our urban demos. Let's keep this one in mind. I'm really shocked you're defending it as much as you are, to be honest. I don't care about it. I don't. I'm a little surprised. I don't give a shit about it. It's just, it is what it is. It's like there's something about the original premise that, like, the robots don't work quite as good as human police, right? Yeah. Humans are one of the most complex machines, and it also revalidates why human life is valuable. And the characters in the movie miss it. Right. And the sec- the second movie, it's just like, I don't know what the fuck. Why are we talking about like a legal dispute over whether or not robots can be used in the U.S.? It's so dumb from the start. It's doing the same thing, though, in that way. It is still asking worse. that. worse. Why are you remaking the movie if you can't do it better? Well, that's the problem. Yes. That, that's that is the fundamental point of this month. <laughs> the remake is RoboCop for, you know, babies, essentially. That's what it is. But it's. Yeah. The, the scene with Gary Oldman explaining to Michael Keaton why it's taking RoboCop longer to process the information. It's what, like a two-step approach versus a five-step approach. Yeah. Right? The robots just get information input and then they act. Mm -hmm. Whereas with a human being, you have to filter the information through the human's brain and then it goes back out to the operating system, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're missing like half a second. Watch the procedural bars on the 208. A machine assesses the threat and acts. All right. That's it. It's two steps. Now, now watch out. The software assesses the threat, just like the robot. Yeah. And it sends the information to the brain. Alex's brain receives the information and decides what to do with it based on his emotional and right. cognitive abilities, like any man would. All right. Then the brain relates this to the AI module and, uh, like, you know, a year later, and computers finished the job. Raymond, you you wanted a man inside a machine, and that's what you've got. But the, but the human element will always be present. Fear, instinct, bias, uh, compassion—they will always interfere with the system. Okay, but Dennett, I've got to give the American people something they can root for, something aspirational, right? They have to believe in this thing. Pretty good. That's not—I don't know how to sell. Okay, we, you and I, have got a release date. We've got to make it, okay? So I don't care how you do it. I'm asking you. Come on, can you help me? Just get him to do that. Not him to do that. It's a machine. I know, but it's a man inside a machine. No, that's a man inside a machine. Right, right there. And, and his life depends on it, and the future of Omnicorp depends on it. So get your ass back to China and get it fixed. I don't care how you do it. Just go do it. 
like that's a pretty good scene. The idea of like how do we maximize efficiency out of the police force, mm-hmm. right? And that is like a very modern obsession too, right? The problem is though, like the movie doesn't really contend with this idea of a soul, which is what the original is kind of about. This idea, like as you said, Nick, like the reason why human life is valuable is the reason why Alex Murphy can never truly become RoboCop, mm-hmm. right? And that's always going to be the problem that these big corporations have to contend with. Whereas the new movie, like, they go so far into the science of it, and they're like, yeah, like, his dopamine levels are rising again. Like, it's all very explainable and clinical, and there's none of that kind of, like, magic of the original movie. Even though it's more sentimental, it almost feels less authentic and less human, you know? Whereas the original movie gets this, you know, great sequence of him being, like, the Frankenstein's monster discovering the nature of his own existence. The new movie really doesn't have any of that. I think a lot of it for me too is just the pacing. Like when they ask like an interesting question about where his humanity has gone and how he's going to solve the problem of, you know, finding it, uh, it happens just way, way, way too quickly. And that was really my thing. Like the original Robocop, even though it is a beautifully paced movie, actually takes its time much more than this movie ever does. Mm -hmm. Like how does he overcome the algorithmic elements? Well, he just naturally fights back. I I mean, you you get the same sequence where, you know, directive four is put into place and he can't point the gun. The same exact thing in the original, but in this one, he just overcomes it. Right. He's able to just lift the gun. Right. Right. Which again, again, maybe that works in the original, but you need to have the prior scene where he can't do it. Right. And then maybe he does it the second time, you know, maybe you do it that way. But yeah, this one just jumps straight to it. It's like, how does he do it? Well, he's human. Do it. He just does it. And it's like, eh, okay. Like, again, I get what it's saying. It just doesn't have anywhere near the impact. What is it? It's not really saying anything, though. It's not. It's just fucking generic, dude. It's really ambivalent about all of its themes, and it doesn't care about delving into them. It's It's all very muddy and toothless, dude. Yeah, well, toothless for sure. It's all there on paper. It just doesn't really dig into it the way that that original does. Well, it's there on paper because the original put it there. Sure. Yeah. Right. That's why. (laughs) There are times where I'm like, okay, that was kind of clever, despite the fact the setting is dumb and it's poorly written though dude yeah the dialogue no, that, is really bad now. yeah you can blame ed newmeyer for that one yeah it, <laughs> it's fucking well i don't know did he actually have a hand in the yeah he did the new script yeah he did really yeah oh word okay yeah, yeah. so it's the, so there is the, and that's the thing like i can sense a lot of like the ed newmeyer interests in this it's definitely not absent which is why it's like i don't have universally negative things to say about this movie you know, aside from it just being like a very, very kind of generic serviceable action movie with like an attempt at bite that never quite gets there. You know, it's he does have writing credits. Yeah. Both so, Newmeyer and Miner, Michael Miner, who wrote yep. the original movie, both have writing credits on the new one. Mm-hmm. And I see it particularly with the media stuff and and like the 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 kind of upsetting workarounds they do it's like uh i i love the details where they're like you know trying to satisfy the board it's like he's human but he's like not human like when they're doing the simulation scenes with the drones and stuff it's like well i mean he's he's he is making decisions in heavy quotations but if you actually look at the way they do it it's all bullshit i love that kind of like cynical wizard of oz behind the scenes stuff that they're doing dr norton how how is he doing this his software is faster, his hardware is stronger, he's a better machine. But you said humans hesitate. Only when they're making decisions. You're not making decisions? Or yes and no. In his everyday life, man rules over the machine. Alex makes his own decisions. 
Now, when he engages in battle, the visor comes down and the software takes over. And uh, the machine does everything. Alex is uh, he's a passenger, just along for the ride. But if the machine is in control, then how is Murphy accountable? Who's pulling the trigger? When the machine fights, the system releases signals into Alex's brain, making him think he's doing what our computers are actually doing. I mean, Alex believes right now he is in control, but he's not. It, it's the illusion of free will. It's got something. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I guess the idea of like, yeah, who is really pulling the trigger here? If free will doesn't exist, and yada yada yada, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't know. It's it's all right. And again, it gets to those conclusions in a very simple, cute way. Which I keep coming back to, like, if you want RoboCop for children, that's what this is. And okay, whatever. If you want RoboCop for children? Watch Chappie. <laughs> For degenerates. Or <laughs> fucking have your children grow up and watch Robocop. Or that, yeah. Grow the fuck up, kid. Kinnaman. Kinnaman Toast Crunch. Oh, the man with the plan, Kinnaman. Yeah. Gets this straight after the killing. This is like one of his first leading roles. Yeah. He's like, he played a cop in the killing. He can play this one. What if we made him a robot? Um, Here's what I'll say. I mean, I think there's about 100 other things I'd blame before him. I think he's not good in this. I, I can't give him a glowing praise for this performance, but I really don't blame him. I think he could have been fine in this role with some more competent writing and thought put into the film to start. Do you think maybe the suit is partially to blame? Yeah. Because I think the suit is quite bad. Mm-hmm. That would be my take. Well, here's what you're saying. The problem is you're calling it a suit. It shouldn't bingo. <laughs> it should not come off like a fucking suit. Bingo bang. It looks like body armor. Yes, is what it looks that, like. that's the problem. And I'm just like, yikes. The only thought I had looking at him was like, oh, wow, he looks thin in this movie. Like that, <laughs> Which is, but at no point right. was I like, he's a robot without a body. It's a really bad looking suit. And like the movie has some nerve. Like, making a little dig at the original, being like, oh, that looks like something from an 80s action movie. And he's like, let's make it black, right? Right. Isn't that part of it? It's a cheap dig. They take a cheap dig at the original, which is so fucking cool looking, that suit. Because, again, it's supposed to be ugly. Like, it's supposed to be kind of this Frankenstein's monster. What have we created here? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and Peter Weller also sells it the way that he moves. The movement's incredible, yeah. I mean, it's such a physical performance. That's one of the reasons why it's so great. And yeah, the new one, because it's mostly CGI, is just, there's there's no physicality to it. Particularly when he's moving and shooting, which I'm just like, no, he just looks like fucking Master Chief. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> he's supposed to be a robot. <laughs> he doesn't have the chin that Peter Weller has. He's a little too scrawny. Mm-hmm. He's a little too tall and spindly. Yep. RoboCop should not be spindly. Well, you know what I mean? They're doing it on purpose because everything modern is sleek and pretty and, you know, it's if it's got to be black and aggressive and stuff like that, you know, if it's not a combat the, not model. Not the Tesla Cybertruck. Yeah. The Cybertruck's, <laughs> Cybertruck's sleek, the ugliest man. fucking thing I've ever seen. But funny enough, that looks... You know, you know what the Cybertruck looks like? It looks like Robocop from the 80s. <laughs> it does look like Robocop. <laughs> yeah, but again, it's a very intentional thing. He looks like a riot shield, basically. But it also just doesn't look like a robot that's the problem it just looks like a dude in a suit it's like you got to find a better balance than that um yeah and then there's just a fucking happy ending and it's like this is fucking robocop happy endings aerial shots fucking happy aerial shots give me a break 
Yeah. Bad guys just killed and that's it. Well, technically, the original is a happy ending. Uh, technically, it's the uh, line. The line Murphy is an indicator that he's back, right? He's he's not RoboCop. He's Murphy. I guess <laughs> I don't know. It's until happy- RoboCop two, right? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> RoboCop two just says, "Let's just do it again." <laughs> Literally, let's just do it all over again. Is it a different guy? No, it's no same guy. The third one's a different guy, and he's the worst thing i've ever seen um but funny enough the ending of the of robocop 2 is don't worry lewis we're only human <laughs> as as he <laughs> fixes his nuts and bolts that movie that's a silly move but it's a lot of fun nick uh what other takeaways did you have after watching the first one because i know this is your first time watch yeah i loved 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 the casting of the the goons i guess you would say <laughs> oh, all the, yeah also they're just goons by the way right like that's exactly what i was gonna say is the simplification of the criminal conspiracy right. in the original was just like I watched the original once. I followed it. This new one, I upon my second watch, I realized that I didn't understand it on the first watch. Yeah, it's way too complicated. Bingo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can see people watching the new one and being like, yeah, you know, it's kind of a missed opportunity. We want more of the like cop conspiracy. I'd like to see more crooked cops, which is what the latter movies actually do. Right. Uh, I like crooked cops. I'm yeah. A fan of crooked cops. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you like, it's a missed opportunity there to have like the, the police district itself. Or- but I think what they do with the cops in the first movie is actually way more interesting. Maybe it's just because I've seen so much of crooked cops now, like, it's way more interesting that they feel like threatened by RoboCop. No, it's cool if fucking Michael Mann does it, but not if this dipshit does it. You know, like it's just, you know, and they get Michael K. Williams in there too, R.I.P. Yeah, I know, yeah. And it's like, I was so excited to see fucking Omar in this, and... He has nothing to do, yeah. Oh, they sucks, give him yeah. nothing to nothing do, and it's... To do. Yeah, it's like, he would have been great in the original RoboCop. Michael mm. K. Williams would have been perfect. Yeah. And, yeah, they put him in this just way too sentimental remake and yeah it's hard to follow it it doesn't really go anywhere it's not that interesting of a mystery no that's the problem you know and it's like the old one is more effective as like a revenge thriller just because the crime is so random it's also like another one of those movies where just the simplicity of the setups gives you a lot of room to build on top of that and really like pack it with like the interesting meaty character stuff that it does very, very well. And the real problem I have with the remake, it's just a little too plotty in that way. Mm-hmm. It's expositional. It's like, how do we get from point A to B? It's, you know, like you said, but we were talking about this before, but like having to explain away the scientific nature of everything kind of gets in the way of just like, Let's just see how RoboCop is dealing with being RoboCop, you know, for a change. Can we do that, please? Right. And even though it is less rooted in character, the original, it feels more moving as a character study. Well, that's the weird thing, because like the the remake is more like traditionally dramatic. Mm -hmm. But the characters in that feel way more authentic to me than they ever do in the remake. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It's so much more reliant on the original, too. And you oh, yeah. think that it would be able to, like, kind of stand out on its own. But every bit of the plot they stuff into the remake is, like, some sort of expansion on, like, well, what if they did this in the original? We're kind of going in circles here. But this is just one of those instances where it's like you really didn't need to do this. I know. At all. And I'm not usually one of those guys either because, like, I know that you didn't need to, but... You do need to in terms of like keeping the copyright to certain properties and, you know, making sure that you can sell enough action figures like that is the way that the sausage is made. And that's like the and I'd rather have the good remakes than the bad ones. Right. 
But yeah, this one is just like, again, do you know what movie you're remaking? It's like the director never even saw the original. Well, I don't even care if they went in a starkly different direction than the original. And even if they spat on the original at times, like if they wanted to do that, like do that. But they were just ambivalent about everything. Totally. And that's worse than totally. That, that's that's the problem, because by the time this movie was getting made, Robocop became a product. Ironically, that's the really upsetting thing, because. My, I don't really agree with that because I think there's a lot of people behind this movie that really wanted to make the proper RoboCop movie of 2014. But it does feel like a movie that is really mishandled by the studio that's making this thing. I'm watching the movie and I'm like, that cut seems like they made, they made a compromise here. Right. This character disappears. Right. This dramatic scene comes out of fucking nowhere just because the studio mandate said you need a dramatic scene at this moment. Right. There are times where it's like, okay, there it is. There it is. Like right. that scene where they again, show Alex Murphy without the arms and legs and stuff like that. I'm like, ah, there it is. But then again, it just seems like this thing was test screened to shit. Yeah. Jose Padilla was not the first choice, by the way. Um, Darren Aronofsky was. Mm. Which is so bizarre to consider, given this was like after black swan i guess he was considered in like oh nine i think that's a weird choice yeah but but at least it says something though like that version at least it says something oh no i agree yeah 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 i'd rather see that version walking off the set of the wrestler and just making fucking robocop is bizarre to think about but yeah that was almost in the cards for a while i'd still much rather see that yeah i don't care that would have been the coolest thing ever He eventually had to part ways because, you know, he was making good movies. Um, <laughs> and yeah, this well, guy I don't know if he's making good movies, but <laughs> I like the wrestler, but eh, not the biggest Aronofsky fan. Black Swan. I like Black Swan. I'm not like in love with it, but it's good. <laughs> Noah. 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 Let's move on. I think that was kind of interesting. <laughs> It's not true to the source material. <laughs> Fucking rock monsters. Dude. Remember a lot of rock monsters in the Bible? I don't. Uh, <laughs> must have missed that Sunday. Uh, so yeah, they bring in this Brazilian guy who had made uh, a movie called Elite Squad and also made Elite <laughs> Squad Two. To give you an idea what he had made, if you go on his IMDb, there is not much else on there. No. So I think you are right in the sense that they chose a stooge that they could kind of manipulate. Yep. And that's what they did. Yep. The word squad should be banned from film titles. It's just... <laughs> Cost $100 million to make, only made $58 million domestic, but made 184 internationally. So it did make its money back overseas. Originally considered for the lead role, Michael Fassbender and Russell Crowe. What do you think would have been good in this role? Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Adam Driver. But there's a spindly problem again. Oh, you want bigger. I, I don't want, yeah, I just don't want like scrawny. Peter Weller's scrawny. It's the makeup that does the work in that movie. I guess you're right. And of course, the physical movements of Peter Weller. But how good is the makeup in that original movie? Amazing. It's so good. When, like the way that they stretch his face Back. over the. Back in the day when they had to actually try, dude. I love, by the way, the behind the scenes on this movie with Peter Weller talking about how much of a nightmare it was to be in the suit. 
hyper committed actor, but he's like, I was aware that I was in for something terrible here. But he had this great like dance coach uh, before he even stepped into the suit. He's like, I want you to teach me, dance coach, how to move like a robot, like an elegant killing machine. Right. And they go through all these like weird like things relating it back to like ballerina. Well, because he like was that. A, tr- a classically trained theater actor. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. When he finally got in the suit, he goes back to, to the guy and he's like, this ain't fucking working. Right, right. <laughs> and and the guy comes on set, looks at it, he's like, oh, okay, Peter, it's, it's not a bird, it's a beast. <laughs> you must move like a beast. <laughs> Fuck we yeah, must, dude. We must rethink everything. And Verhoeven's <laughs> just standing there being like, you must tap into the, the beast. <laughs> I didn't realize rewatching this, he does the co-ed shower thing that he ends up doing much more explicitly in Starship Troopers. I know, yeah. I know. You, you blink and you miss it, but it, his whole thing was like, we want to make a post-sex, you know, kind of futuristic society. Well, that's why I'm saying the real sequel to RoboCop is Starship Troopers. I mean, because you have Verhoeven directing, Newmeyer writing, right. Host Vacano shooting the movie, and of course, the big one here, by the way, Basil uh, Polidorus doing the music, which the music yeah, in this score movie, rips. It absolutely rips. You want to talk, okay? You want me to bring up something I fucking hate about the remake? I don't know what the hell they were thinking with that music. They play when he's like in the training sequence when Jackie Earl Haley is like oh testing him, and essentially like a laser tag room, and they play like fucking classic rock I music know. underneath it. It's the most generic thing. I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, because I think that original score is. Perfect. It's, it's phenomenal. So good. Yeah. It's underrated. I mean, it's massively underrated. Yes. The two songs that stood out to me was that one and the credits roll. Happy ending. He's with his family. He beat the bad guys. And then they start playing I Fought the Law. Right. Yeah, I know. I'm just like, ugh. Might as well play fucking Coldplay's Clocks or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. <laughs> or Fix You. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well end it like a Grey's Anatomy episode. That's how corny it is. That's the, That score is phenomenal. I mean, it really is. It's it stays with you forever. It's like you don't have that anymore. Couple little nitpicks, then we'll get out of here. Yeah, I gotta go. You have a hot day to pee. Yeah. Uh, Oh boy, (laughs) (laughs) I gotta go. Oh shit. Uh, The son in the new movie. Dad's in the hospital for four months. Tapes all the Detroit Red Wing games. Apparently, has not checked the box score. They're like, did they win? And he's like, I don't know. I've been waiting. They're all in the DVR. We're going to watch him. He wanted to watch it with his dad. Can you do that, dad? <laughs> we can't watch like four months of games. That's like, never that's happened. So all right. That's never fucking happened. There's no way the guy's living in Detroit. If the Red Wings win the cup, you don't think it would have hurt something in the hallways at school? I know when the Bengals win, I can hear the fireworks from my home. <laughs> Thank you. All right. He's a stupid little six-year-old kid. He saved all the games? What, are they going to just watch games? All Are they going to binge watch the Red Wing season? How many games are in an NHL season? Like 80? (laughs) They're watching them all at once? This is the funniest criticism. Are you serious? No, think about it. I love these criticisms. If I'm fucking RoboCop, I'm like, yeah, kid, we'll binge them all. Sure. Meanwhile, pulls out his phone just to check the fucking standings. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Give him a break. Give him a break. He's a child, Nico. Um, bad kid. Bad child. Bad child. Yep. 
what is this good cop bad cop no it's bad cop robocop mm. about when he plays the tin man song yeah he calls him tin man jackie O'Haley. I'm okay with him calling him Tin Man, but when he starts playing the Tin Man song, I'm just like, what? If I only had a brain. He has this on it's on like, on his <laughs> save to his Apple Music. <laughs> um, that's it. That's all the nitpicks. The old, the other one, I don't have any nitpicks. The original movie is an incredible movie. I think it's pretty fucking. It is perfect. It's about as close as movies come to being perfect to me. That's right. And we did not induct it into the movie Hall of Fame because we're stupid. Yeah, why didn't we do that? Well, because for some reason we felt compelled to do The Princess Bride, even though looking back on I'm like, what the hell were we thinking? As much as I love The Princess Bride. We put The Princess Bride in the movie Hall of Fame over RoboCop. Yep. Seems like a bit of an oversight. I'm glad you loved it, Nick. I'm really happy you liked it. That's a really bad call because one movie is way better than the other. I think that was our, it is way better. Yeah. RoboCop is a way better movie than, like, it's not even close. I don't know what we were thinking, to be honest with you. That could be a segment you guys do where you try to uh, correct your mistakes. No, we don't change anything. Here's the, no looking back. Once you're in, you're in. Here's the pro, like, we, OJ Simpson's still in the NFL Hall of Fame. That's true. All right. I'm not, not taking you out no matter what. It was a bad call. Princess Bride's fine. No, it's well, Princess Bride is great. It's but, good. But it's just, is it great? Yes, yes, it is. But it's not it, RoboCop. No, it's great. It's good. It's not RoboCop. <laughs> it's it's good. It's very. good. I think if Princess Bride just didn't make the list because of RoboCop, like that would be fine. All right, that's it. You got to go to PF Chang's. Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> we will. Do you have a reservation? Uh, no, but Abby's going to PF Chang's. That's. <laughs> Oh, the surfie's going to be late Pardon? for the reservation. What? <laughs> Fucking BFJ? No, I wasn't sure if he was going to be late. That's all. Uh, no, but Chick-fil-A down the street, they take reservations <laughs> there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we will be back next week for the final week of Redux August with... Uh, wow, it might be a three-hour episode. I'm not sure. But we are comparing... The original Spanish language film, Open Your Eyes, with its Americanized remake, Vanilla Sky, starring Tom Cruise, directed by Cameron Crowe. Oh, Nicholas. I'm in for something. I know this. I've never seen either of these movies. I avoided Vanilla Sky. I know how Nico feels about it, and I am uh, horrified. You should be. So You should be. If there's a week, (laughs) listen, if if you're not listening right now, and you're thinking... I want to listen to why is this a thing? If there's a week to jump in, it's next week. I think that's right. The thing I'm most terrified about is that Nick likes it. What a crime that would be. Uh, it would be what quite, a travesty. I might have to exit this pod. <laughs> that might be it. I'm done. <laughs> I like love vanilla sky. Yeah. So we're going to discuss that next week in gory detail. I would not put money in Vegas that Nick ends up liking vanilla sky. Probably not. no way, but probably, but not. we'll, See, but I like it for a lot of reasons that I will go over next week. And just a little programming note: we're just gonna throw this out there. Uh, next week is our last show before a brief hiatus. We're taking the rest of the month of September off after we wrap up Redux August. Yes, because we have some traveling to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to TIFF. We're going to TIFF. Na- uh, Adam is moving potentially, right? Mm-hmm. 
Adam is moving. I have a lot of trips. We're just taking a little breather and then we'll be back for the spooktacular. I'm moving to Nico's basement. Right. <laughs> uh, we bought all our TIFF tickets and I went a little crazy. Yeah, you did. I splurged a bit. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of money on TIFF tickets. Nico is not leaving room for bathroom breaks, food, sleep, nothing. It's, it's just movies. pretty crazy. He will be soiling his seat half the time. I'm going to definitely bring a diaper yeah. like some little girls bring to Taylor Swift concerts. <laughs> No, they don't. They do? Oh, they do. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's bad, man. Okay, uh, go to P.F. Chanks. We'll see you next week.